The Bible teaches us that the words we choose to use when we speak matter. They can be used to build up and they can be used to tear down. They can be used to hurt and they can be used to heal. But what about filthy language? If you watch certain television shows, listen to certain music, or frequent certain circles, hearing swear words is unavoidable. But is it a sin if Christians choose to use curse words? In today's episode of Hardcore Christianity, Jerry and I will attempt to answer the question, is using filthy language sinful? We'll discuss what Americans and Christians think about using foul language. We'll examine if there are certain circumstances where the use of filthy language is acceptable. And we'll discuss what the Bible says regarding the use of filthy language. If you've ever wondered if it is biblically sinful to speak curse words or to use foul language or filthy language, you'll want to stick around for this episode of Hardcore Christianity. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you once again for joining me for this episode of Hardcore Christianity. How have you been since our last break? Doing well. Uh, my wife and I have been uh, practicing our social distancing, and uh, we have not had issue with the virus, so life is good. Awesome. <laughs> well, today the topic is, is using filthy language sinful. So before we get started, why don't we talk about what we're talking about when we say filthy language? What would be your definition? Well, I thought about that, and my first thought was I would define filthy language as any language that I use that my mother would wash out my mouth with soap for. Uh, and uh, secondly, I would define filthy language as any language that I would be embarrassed to use in social situations or be embarrassed for anyone who uses that language. And then uh, dictionary.com, and I got this from Bright, was defines filthy language as contemptibly offensive, vile, or objectionable. And that's interesting that you mention about uh, whether you would be comfortable using it in certain situations. You know, I think that um, that definition, I think a lot of people may already adopt that definition, but pe some people's uh, uh, scale as to who they would say it in front of or what filthy language is, is, is different for each one of us. And I know that your, uh, uh, your, your scale is a little bit higher than maybe some others. My example would be, um, the, I, I agree with the definition of the dictionary. I, I saw the same one, uh, adding a couple of other things was vulgar, obscene as well, uh, along with that contemptible, offensive, or vile and objectionable language. But when I uh, think about that, one, some of the um, examples that I would use, one is, which is the, the most, I think, probably prevalent one is swear words, which I would say is cussing, you know, all of the four-letter words, all the different things that we shouldn't say, things that are said on television the, that are bleeped out. But I would also include things like dirty jokes mm -hmm. uh, that people use. Um, that is definitely, I mean, it could be taboo or, or uh, all the different, these different uh, things that should not be said that are dirty. Uh, but then also explicit sexual talk. Uh, some sure. people talk about, uh, you know, the dirty talk that you can even use in your bedrooms or whatever. But that, too, is what I would consider um, uh, filthy language. And then also racial slurs. Mm -hmm. uh, so using the N-word or, or talking bad about a specific uh, ethnicity or even um, people with different weight or age differences. Um, those I would also include in uh, filthy languages. But as you said, and, uh, and kind of what I would say too, is I would say that it's any word that you would be embarrassed to use in front of Jesus is, the, is my, uh, my bar that I try and 
uh, set when I when I think about filthy language because there's a lot of language you can use in front of Jesus that is okay, right. um, but when you begin to use some of these different types of uh, language, um, if Jesus is too strong for some, maybe you know your grandmother or somebody else who who you think is uh, would you would be embarrassed to use in front front of. But I, I like your definition too. So why are we even asking this question? Why would you say uh, that this is a good question to have for hardcore Christianity? Well, for me, in our modern technological world of media access and social media, our lowering of traditional cultural norms for communication has changed the way we communicate and what is acceptable. It tends to blur the lines between what is and what is not acceptable for in-person, written, and electronic communications. Uh, We've gotten very informal. Uh, To actually sit down and write a letter is almost unheard of anymore. And uh, texts and even emails have become very informal in the, the way they communicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even think about the written. <clears throat> the, during preparation for this show, all I was thinking about is verbal, but you're right. Uh, a lot of written uh, is also applicable in the argument. Uh, here are a few statistics that I found online about uh, filthy language. And this first one is from the Associated Press poll. I'd like to get your thoughts on some of these statistics as well. This one says that 74% of Americans say they encounter profanity in public frequently or occasionally. Two-thirds say that they think people swear more than they did 20 years ago. And 64% say that they use the F word, which I thought was an interest. Those are interesting statistics, wouldn't you say? I would agree. And I think that uh, we've become less uh, sensitive to those words. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, the shock value is not there the way it would have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. It doesn't make us sound more intelligent when we use these words. Right, right. Uh, and I think they are used for shock value, but I, I believe the shock value has really been mm-hmm. downgraded. I, in my circles, or at least, you know, I work at a university, and I think a lot of the times when I hear people use those words, is mostly, I mean, I hear it by students a lot, not in the by the professional uh uh, faculty and staff, but it seems like they just use it as uh, an expression of themselves. And I've heard that being said before, where uh, people who do curse just say, I just use it just to better express myself. And so I found that that was an interesting, and I know, of course, a lot of people use it in stressful situations or when something bad happens, or, you know, something unexpected happens, uh, that they use it. But I found it interesting that a lot of people um, sometimes just use it just because they just want to integrate it into their vocabulary. Foxnews.com has a statistic that says 63 of respondents say cursing is is how they express stress. Uh, So I know a lot of people, you know, when you bang your hand or when you when something (laughs) happens or when someone cuts you off in traffic, uh, that's probably a likely time for people to uh, use uh, obscenities. U.S. News um, has a headline, which I thought was interesting. It said that the curse um, to curse is to be human. And uh, one of the quotes from that article said that profanity has its place and we uh, depend on it. So this is a secular article, but sure. the argument is that, you know, that's just part of humanity, which, you know, I found interesting that's, that, that there may be people who might agree with that particular uh, stance. And then lastly, there is an article that I found from snu.edu, uh, which is a university or at least a college website. And it said in a recent issue of The Echo, which is uh, written by an SNU's um, student newspaper is what it is, a student wrote that Jesus doesn't care if we cuss. 
And it, that is the, implica the implication is that casual use of foul language is okay for Christians, which, you know, <laughs> so I, I just, I point those out to, to just bring to light that I think that a lot of people have different views on whether using curse words, profanity, filthy language is okay or not. And there are some students or some people apparently who think that, I don't know if it's really necessarily good, but it's definitely acceptable uh, in their minds for people to use it, whether you're a Christian, whether you are not a Christian, whether it doesn't matter what kind of um, circumstances and have to be specific circumstances, but that using foul language and filthy language is okay. And I look at my, uh, I have a, one of the WWJD bracelets on, and I'm thinking, <laughs> would Jesus use that language? Right. And if he's my example, if he's the standard that I'm looking for, I'd be hard-pressed to be able to justify using that language, mm -hmm. giving no standards. And I'm, I'm assuming, I'm wondering if there are believers out there that are listening to this podcast right now who uh, wanted to, to listen to this podcast because they may themselves struggle with the use of filthy language. So hopefully the things that we cover in this episode will, um, will help those who might be struggling with that or even know other believers or people that they, that they know use filthy language and think it's okay. So what are your personal thoughts about the use of filthy language and whether it is sinful? Well, anything that doesn't reflect well on the person that I'm representing uh, I would think would, would be something I would want to avoid. And I know there are groups that, uh, you know, or situations where, it, uh, where people might think it's okay, but it never reflects well on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it makes anybody look more intelligent. It can cause certain people to pull away a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the biggest thing for me is it doesn't reflect well. If I call myself a Christian and I'm using this type of language, then someone who's not a Christian will look at that and say, yeah, these Christians, they talk a good game, but mm -hmm. you know, when they really comes to it, they don't, uh, they're don't. they no different than anybody else. Right, which we're supposed to be different. I mean, that's what right. the Bible calls us to do. Right, we can't be light if we're hiding in the darkness. Right, <laughs> good point. Would you go as far as to say it's sinful, though? Uh, I would say it's definitely approaching sinful because... Um, Anything that we do that doesn't draw us closer to God pushes us away. Mm -hmm. And if I allow filthy language in my life, and I, and so that part pushes me a little bit farther away from God, then what else is next? Mm -hmm. And am I then going to be uh, able to justify some other thing that I wouldn't justify otherwise? Sure. Uh, so for me, it's about trying to be as faithful as I can to live the life I believe God wants me to live. Good. Okay. Well, I would go as I would actually go as far as to say it is sinful. And I and of course we'll talk about what the Bible says about filthy language uh, later on in the episode, but I agree with you and I about the uh, the idea that it is unbecoming a Christian. When a when you think of a Christian, filthy language is not part of what I think um, when I envision a believer, a follower of Christ, a it, does, it doesn't mesh. It doesn't mesh with what I think a follower of Christ should be. And I think that um, the argument could be made that most people would agree with that, even unbelievers who think Christians are, uh, whether goody two-shoes or, or self-righteous or whatever, I think that they might agree that if you were to envision a believer, a Christian, that filthy language would not be a part of, of, of that, uh, that image. One of the things that you mentioned earlier was uh, uh, swearing versus... And, and I look at swearing as taking the, the Lord's name in vain. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No question that's a sin. I mean, that's a commandment. Right, right. Uh, and so you start to look at what 
rises to the level of sin as opposed to being coarse or you know all the other words that mm-hmm. we describe uh, mm-hmm. vulgar but definitely from a swear perspective you know that's that should be a non-negotiable okay. I mean, we should never ever take the, the lord's name in vain and and yet there are times when even as christians we've done that so yep ephesians 5 3 um, says that but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's people. And so I look at that particular verse, and I think of filthy language as being impure, and uh, that it says that it is improper for God's holy people, which I think would fall underneath this uh, definition that we've described as being filthy language. Right. You know, I used to listen to a Christian rock group, and I still do, uh, called Striper. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, yeah, but uh, that was when I first started, was introduced to Christian music as a youth, and I thought, wow, these the, the Christian music could be cool. It's not just, you know, not nothing against hymns, but it's not just hymns and and uh, things that these are actual, this is music I would I would actually listen to uh, uh, on my, on my uh, uh, at the time with CDs or <laughs> records. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, what lately, a couple of albums ago, they had a, um, their album was called uh, and I can't even say it on this podcast. It's GD Evil, if you can think of, you know, that's yeah. using the Lord's right. name in vain. And uh, I don't know why they decided to choose that title. That really kind of surprised me. I even wrote to them and, and asked them, you know, you, you, you know, when you use that, you know what you are, uh, are kind of implying there. Um, I know that it could be said that, that if, you, you know, if people didn't know that, that GD was a swear word, uh, a swear phrase that that could be argued that that's an okay thing to say, but it is obvious it's a very um, common and very uh, um, blasphemous swear phrase. And to use it in your album, I was just taken aback. I was just floored that they would go that far. And uh, so that's just an example of of um, how the use of swear language can be used. Um, I think they were just basically using it just to try and seem cool to the youth, but I, I that was that was one of the things that kind of floored me. And I think that uh, um, believers shouldn't mess around with uh, swear phrases or words or or to to be used in a way that and this is supposed to be used to glorify God uh, right. because it was a Christian album. But that was one I wanted to point out because it was so egregious in my opinion. Did they ever respond? They did. They said that uh, um, that they hope I would still listen to the album and listen to the words because they actually have a uh, uh, one of their songs on that album was that title, mm-hmm. and they said that, that they encouraged me to listen to it and uh, to uh, give the you know to give them a chance. Um, but I couldn't even get past the idea of the title. I mean, th- that's something that if I had on my my phone and my and my playlist, I'd be ashamed if anyone saw that title because that reflects negatively on my Christian testimony. And even if they intended it for some level of good, I think that was a that to me was a misfire, a backfire on their on their uh, behalf. And I don't typically like to point out or or highlight a specific group, but this is a group that I I hold in high respect but that particular misstep i think was was one that i just couldn't get by now i will buy albums in the future from them if they don't have <laughs> this kind of rhetoric on it but uh, uh that particular album i had to say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy that album and i was reading an article when we were doing research on this and uh at the end of an article there was a comment by someone named, his name was daryl 
Howard, and one of the things he said in his and in, in his comment was, the thing about swear words is that they can be hurtful, demeaning, and destructive, not only to the to the person they may be directed at, but even to the person who overhears them. And one last quote before we move on is from SouthBayChurchI.org, which has this in their article. Let's be honest, foul language is a heart issue. The words we use, whether they're curse words or innocent words used hurtfully, are reflections of our heart, which I agree with. And I think that um, uh, swear words can be, uh, you know, out of the, the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And I think that uh, if, especially hurtful words that are swear words, and not all of them are hurtful. Some people, like I said, use it just because they want to express themselves in a certain way. But especially if they're used hurtfully, um, are certainly bad uh, yeah. for Christians. One other thing uh, in uh, just one of the verses that uh, was part of what the study was uh, in Philippians, Paul urges believers to think whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. And nowhere in there does it say anything about is vile or vulgar or any of those things. Yeah. And you know, when you think about this topic of, of filthy language, it seems obvious that it is least, at least unbecoming a Christian. Uh, the question is whether it is sinful or not. And I think that uh, even if even if people disagree with the sin uh, part of it, which I think that if you if you are out there listening and disagree with that, I think you might turn around, come around to our way of thinking. But even the uh, the idea that is unbecoming a Christian should be enough to keep us away from using filthy language. Right. So, is there ever an acceptable time to use filthy language? For me, that would be no. Uh, although I don't believe there is ever an acceptable time to use filthy language, it is generally used when a person is trying to appear tough or cannot come up with another way to make their point without using filthy language. But uh, Jesus says in Luke's gospel, out of the overflow of man's heart, his mouth speaks. Amen. And so if what I say reflects what's in my heart, I want to make sure that it is not something I would regret later mm -hmm. or that my mom's going to come and wash out my mouth with soap for <laughs> You know, early on when we started KTF Productions, which is a Christian video production company, our first movie called Keep the Faith, I actually had written in there swear words. And uh, it wasn't from the Christian perspective. It, to me, when I wrote it in the script, it was to show uh, authenticity of... Uh, the, you know, the, the antagonist in the show and to show that, you know, people do use this language. It wasn't like the egregious swear words, but it was a, a nonetheless a swear word. And a friend of mine who also made Christian movies at the time kind of talked to me about it and said, you know, you should consider whether you should use that kind of language in a Christian movie. And, and he had talked to, he had talked to me in such a way that helped me to understand, yeah, there is, there really is no reason, no way, no reason, um, to justify using uh, filthy language, even in a movie, even if, if it's you're trying to make it authentic. So um, my answer to that question would be, agree, I agree with you. It would say no. Then uh, this article uh, from churchofjesuschrist.org supports how I feel. And it says, uh, when it answers the question, my friends tell me that swear words aren't bad unless using them to offend someone. Are there times when swear words are okay? And the answer is, Swear words are never okay. The truth is that they are always offensive. Saying that they won't offend someone is just an excuse. And I thought that that was a really pointed way of trying to get to the point where 
Um, there's no flexible room in the argument, um, I don't think. And I believe that we can train ourselves to use other forms of expression when we are stressed out and we get frustrated. And I think if we train ourselves not to use filthy language, then we are less likely to adopt that into our speaking vocabulary. Absolutely. So using words like shoot or dang or heck instead of their swearing alternatives, I think is a good way to start. But I think even after we start using those as alternatives, that our self-control, that the Holy Spirit can help us to even be even more self-controlled and not even need to use those. Uh, we can just use regular words <laughs> to express ourselves and not need to use some expletive, even if it is a acceptable expletive. Oh, even to the point of, instead of cursing at someone, try to bless them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, if for one, it would surprise them probably more than if you cursed at them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's... Uh, Words do matter. Yep. But also blessing someone who curses you is biblical biblical as well. So if we're able to get to that level, then we'll be lining ourselves up with the word of God. Agreed. Um, but I think that we as Christians should model the behavior of Jesus Christ. And any language that we want to, that we would not want to speak in his presence, I think that we shouldn't speak in any other context. And I believe also that if we want to be hardcore in our faith, uh, if we want to be perfect like Jesus is perfect, then there is no place for filthy language in our lives. Yep, agreed. So are there any repercussions, spiritually or otherwise, for using fil- filthy language in your opinion? Well, I can't think of any situation where using filthy language reflects well on our personal integrity or and or on our integrity as people who identify as Christians. Whenever we compromise our values in one area of our lives, it opens us up to compromise in other areas, and it reflects badly on the one we represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that regard, I, I can't think of any positive outcome from using foul language, and uh, and but really, I can see negatives to definitely, doing it. Definitely, definitely. And some of the negatives that I see are that we grieve the spirit. Um, anytime I think that we sin, that we knowingly and um, just enter into sin and we em- embrace it, we are grieving the Spirit. We mm-hmm. all believers have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And when we do something contrary to the Spirit, then we grieve the Spirit. And I don't think any believer wants to do that. I mean, we all sin, but uh, to knowingly, willingly engage in sin uh, when we can avoid it. I mean, this is one that I think... And it may be a temptation for some, but um, for others, it, it's not even a temptation. It's just uh, something that we've just adopted. And I think that uh, we that's something that can be changed. And I also agree with you. I think it tarnishes our testimony as believers. If we're saying we're Christians and we behave in ways that are unbecoming a Christian, then that is really not a good reflection of a Christian. It's not a reflection of being an ambassador for Christ. And if we are on point with trying to be an ambassador, be a reflection of Jesus Christ, this is not a way to reflect him and his personality, his nature, and his word. And then lastly, I would say that it's a poor example for youth. When, when the youth look at uh, adults using filthy language, regardless of whether they're Christian youth or um, unbelieving youth, it's just not, a, it's not something that we want our youth to model. And so the do as I say, not as I do argument does, does not, it never really works. There was a saying I've heard before that I think uh, would work well in a situation. It says, what one generation permits, the next generation will do to excess. Ah, yeah. And so good. if we want our kids to use good language, we need to model good language. Mm-hmm. 
Amen to that. Well, well, we'll pause there as we take our break. But when we come back, we'll discuss what the Bible says about filthy language. We'll discuss what people can do if they struggle with using filthy language. And we'll attempt to answer the question, if filthy language is sinful, what does it say about our God? So stay with us. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, or if you have an episode topic that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-C-M-V at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Listen to half-hour episodes of the Christian Music Podcast online or download them to your computer or mobile device and take them with you. Discover independent Christian artists while exercising, commuting to work, doing chores, or any time you need to get your Christian music fix. Just go to ktfproductions.com and find the Christian Music Podcast link to access the Christian Music Podcast. Boldly proclaim your faith while also supporting the Hardcore Christianity Podcast. Find Hardcore Christianity t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, smartphone cases, pillows, mugs, and more. Just go to the Hardcore Christianity page at ktfproductions.com for links to the store. Today, Jerry and I are attempting to answer the question, is using filthy language sinful, using the Bible as our guide? In the first part of the show, we shared statistics on what Americans think about the use of filthy language. We shared our personal thoughts on whether it is okay to use filthy language, and we tried to determine if there is ever a good or acceptable reason to use filthy language. In this segment, we'll begin by discussing what the Bible says about filthy language. So, Jerry, what does the Bible say about the use of our language, or specifically filthy language? Well, uh, I have a few verses that uh, I can go to, one of them being uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 17. I'm not going to read all of them, but I highlighted three of the verses. Uh, Verse 8, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice, behavior, or uh, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. And in verse 12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then verse 17 says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Mm -hmm. That's a a good portion of Scripture. I actually have several as well. That was one that I had written down as well, but... When I was looking at this, I realized there was absolutely more scripture than I thought on the subject. So these verses that I'm going to say are not exhaustive, uh, but I have a few that I wanted to mention as well. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And then, of course, Exodus 27, which I think a lot of people know this one. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And another version says, who takes the Lord's name in vain. But uh, that is from the Ten Commandments, as we kind of talked about earlier. Right. Matthew 5.22 says, 
But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of hellfire. And I mentioned that one just to prove, and this is the words of Jesus, that um, the words we use are important. And um, these are words that are hurtful to others um, that uh, Jesus himself is saying that we shouldn't use. James 1.26 says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their, their religion is worthless. I have a few others. I, I, I think they're all worth saying and they're short, but here's one from James 3.10. It says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And Matthew 15.11 says, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is that is what defiles them. Proverbs 15.4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And lastly, Proverbs 4.24 says, Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. I would add one more. Sure. That, uh, it was also from Colossians 4.6. It says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Mm-hmm. And so, the, and these are not exotic. Did you have any more? Is that, no, those okay. were, that was, you okay. had covered a, oh, most all of the ones. Them. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to steal all of your No, not a there. problem. But uh, I think um, uh, that, that makes the point that the Bible has a lot to say about how we, how we talk. And I think it also mentions even more so than I thought about the content of our language as far as it's fil- whether it's filthy or um, hurtful or perverse. Uh, the, the language that it uses in the Bible to talk about filthy language. So I think it's clear that the Bible is telling us that filthy language is sinful, or at least it's, it's uh, contrary to his word. Absolutely. So what would you say to a believer who doesn't think filthy language is sinful or something that a Christian shouldn't do? Well, firstly, uh, you know, pray about it. Ask God if this is something he feels that uh, is worthy of someone who calls himself a Christian. Uh, I would also talk with other people who I trust, uh, believers who can give me uh, wisdom that, uh, that I might not see things in a particular way, but maybe a verse that they give us or just a word that they give us helps open up an area we didn't see. Mm-hmm. And... Um, helps us to realize that this is not something that as Christians we should really be participating in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would also say that consider what the Bible says. I mean, we just went through several verses right. um, of Scripture that uh, support the idea that filthy language is unbecoming a Christian, but I would go as far as to say sinful. And uh, to consider what Jesus modeled, um, because we, we could read in the Bible and we can see the character of God. If you really do consider yourself a follower of Christ and one who wants to align yourself with Jesus Christ, you would understand and you can't really, you can't go against what the Bible says. I mean, you, you can't um, deny what we just read and what we just shared uh, is in the word of God. And, and like I said, it's, there's more verses than what we had already had Absolutely. mentioned um, that uh, support the concept that not only do our words matter, but filthy language is against uh, what God would want for us and what Jesus would model for us. Also, I would consider, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, the youth who will look at us and, and uh, will want to model our behavior. 
And if we call ourselves believers and we walk the earth uh, saying we are believers, and if the youth are to see that and to think it's okay to, to speak words like this um, and to, uh, to have that kind of mentality as a believer, then that is not uh, a, good, a good model for us <laughs> to do uh, for, for the youth. And then lastly, we talked about this too, is think about your testimony. It reflects your reflection of what uh, others think about Christians is important. And so if you were to model uh, this kind of behavior, I think that it would not be what we consider an ambassador for Christ, what an ambassador for Christ would model. So do you have any advice for a believer who struggles with language or um, is in an environment that makes it difficult to stop speaking foul language? Well, and my first thought would be to pray and ask God for help. Sometimes it's just a matter of recognizing that this is an area that needs to, to be worked on. I would also confide in another person or persons and ask them to hold me accountable. Hmm, that's a good because one. on my own, I can do lots of things and get stray in ways that I wouldn't intend to, but I just I don't have anybody to really hold me accountable for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is I would practice speaking a way that I want to speak uh, so that I'm using words over and over that I want to come out of my mouth. So, And you'd mentioned earlier with using substitute words, mm-hmm. but even as I use those substitute words to even maybe go a step further and try to find a way that without even using those substitutes that would better exemplify the way I want to speak mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to just have a substitute for a word that other people know what that other word is. <laughs> yep. Well, let me go back to that uh, accountability one, too, because I think that, that one's important. And to me, I, I'm, I, I'm proud. You know, I, I don't, it's hard <laughs> for me to, to invite accountability. And I know we shouldn't be proud. We should be humble. But uh, this particular sin is, to me, is a, a little, I wouldn't feel, I don't think I would feel as, as bad, as uh, self-conscious or to, to ask someone to help me be held accountable for this, but I know I know how I feel about um, the whole accountability, and that is also um, mentioned in a lot of other sins um, that we may face. Uh, that uh, to help have someone help us be accountable too can be a struggle for some. And I, you know, I just would encourage. I would agree with you and encourage people who um, who have a problem with with sharing embarrassing things about themselves to help to allow the Holy Spirit to help soften you in that area. Um, and I know that uh, there may be people who struggle with not only this, but other things and have heard uh, the advice to have an accountability partner and are really kind of, a, you know, I don't want to do that because then people will know my who I really am. And I would encourage you to pray and to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to soften you in that area because um, pride is, is not what we want. We want to be humble before the Lord. And I think we've talked about this before, but what's at the center of pride? I. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So I actually looked at a website. I can't, and I didn't write it down, so I don't know exactly where all of these came from, but they had um, nine different ways, different uh, um, suggestions as to how to help someone stop uh, speaking filthy language. And I'll go through each one of these and I'll pause and, and get your opinion on it. So the first one says, often you don't even realize that you're using bad words since it becomes a part of your your speech pattern if you're having this problem ask your friend to tell you when you use bad words or try to think over what you want to say before you say it and part of it i think we kind of mentioned about the accountability but Absolutely. but what about the uh 
think over what you're going to say before you say it. Well, be uh, slow to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, too often uh, we say things without thinking about them. And once a word gets out, you can't take it back. Mm -hmm. You can apologize. You can you know, try to make amends. But it, once it's out, you can't take it back. And uh, so I think really slowing down, not being so quick to answer. I mean, I'm, I tend to be a person who has comebacks all the time. Mm -hmm. And I need to be able to slow down and say, no, is that really what I want to say? And the same way with any in our um, electronic communication, mm -hmm. particularly with texting. Because, oh, and, and I don't use some of the other ones, but, but even with texting, really think about what I'm saying before I send that. Before I hit that send button, is that really what I want to say? Mm -hmm. uh, and too often we're so quick to respond that we don't really think it through. Right, and we might be acting in anger as well, and, and we might have all these emotions that we have. And I know that it's difficult to often, to always stop and think, but it is one of those things I think that we can train ourselves to become. The Bible tells us that one of the attributes that we should have is self-control. And that's just not something you get out of the box. That's something that takes time. Right. And, well, yeah. and something I think is funny might not be funny to you. <laughs> you might have something in your past that makes what I say be very hurtful, even though I don't know what happened and so what I said. So I really want to be careful that I say things that really reflect what my intentions are. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, so that's a good one. It's biblical as well to, to think before you speak. What about this one? If you or your friends um, curse but you want to stop, try associating with other people who do not use bad words or and their example may rub off on you. You can also try asking a friend to stop cursing or at least uh, to try to curb their language around you. This is the one where who you associate with will help, will affect how you act as well. It's interesting when you were saying that uh, if you ever eat Dove chocolate, when you open it up on the wrapper, there's always a little saying on the inside. And the one saying that I saw one time is, your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. And so if I'm using coarse language, I'm going to attract people that also use coarse language. If I'm using good language, hopefully I will attract people. And if I'm looking for people who are using good language, then I hopefully will uh, begin to model mm -hmm. what they do. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about who you associate with. And I know that some out there may have friends that you grew up with. There's There may be a neighborhood that you've grown up with. But even when you... It's, it's common for people who become believers to need to distance themselves from people who um, right. drag them in a certain situation. And so this is one area among many that um, would, would cause, um, would at least encourage the idea to separate from, from um, people who uh, lead you in a wrong direction, at least for a period of time until the Lord can strengthen you in those areas so that you're no longer tempted in those areas. What about this one? Uh, every time you or someone around you curses, have them put a dollar in a swear jar and donate it to charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I would agree with that one. Uh, and I think as the dollars pile up, we would recognize how often we maybe say things and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. But that it's a tangible uh, visual mm -hmm. that would really uh, help us to see yeah, maybe I do need to work on this more than I thought. Yeah, I, I, I've never had, well, I can't remember having an issue with foul language. Right. And I don't know 
how effective this method is, but I have heard other people doing it in the past. And, uh, you know, for even not only just swear, swearing words, but other things that, you know, you're trying to stop. And so at least it's something to consider. And maybe um, some of you have tried it before or know someone who has and, and it has been effective and others may think it may not be effective. But I think it's worth mentioning. And I thought it was a good, a good, good advice for people. How about this one? It's normal for everyone to use an expression of frustration. You just don't have to use a bad word. You can use a cute original alternative that you'll want to use instead. And we kind of mentioned a little bit of that, but uh, what do you think about that advice? I think there are times when, when we do get frustrated, we do want to express ourselves and we don't maybe have the words, but I think it goes back to what we talked about. Be patient. Don't speak until you feel like you've got something worthwhile mm -hmm. or uplifting to say. Too often, we will say hurtful things in the moment that we, again, we would like to take back, but we can't. Mm -hmm. uh, so in any area of our lives, when we uh, go into areas we know we shouldn't, eventually we will look back and we will regret those things. And it may not happen right away, but the more we can take our time and think things through before we do them or say them, mm -hmm the less regrets we will have later. I had a friend who uh, would say, God bless it when he does something that, you know, that he gets upset with or, or, or and, and, you know, I, I hear that and I understand what he's trying to do. But to me, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I didn't like it because it's just, I mean, I knew what he was doing is just substituting a word. And I understand that the, uh, the, the intent behind it and maybe, you know, maybe maybe it was fine. I don't know, but I don't think I would have gone down that road just because it's so close to something that um, that I think is so blasphemous. But the idea of using alternatives, as we spoke before, is at least something to start with. I think is a sure. good as a good start um, to try and change, curb behavior. And here's another one, uh, another negative reinforcement one: wear a rubber band or a ponytail band around your wrist, and when you curse, snap it. <laughs> Not sure how how effective that would be, but hey, it's, a, it's another good example. And here's one, if you watch television shows that use a lot of bad words, try to find other um, shows to watch, cleaner shows to watch. If you listen to music where there's a lot of cursing or explicit content, try to listen to other genres or censored versions of the song. So this is um, an idea of just trying to distance yourselves from <clears throat> I, I change I comment on the, on the censored version. Sure. Uh, when I was in high school, there was a group called the MC5, Motor City 5, and they had a song called Kick Out the Jams. And there was a word in there, and it was like a big deal. And I've heard both versions of the song. And because I've heard the, the other version, even though the newer version or the, the version that's been cleaned up, it's, you still remember. Right. Uh, so that's, that's a tough one. I'm, I would be more in favor of moving on to a different artist or whatever mm -hmm. uh, because that, that's still going to be there in the back of your mind. It is a change of behavior. It is a uh, at least encouragement to change behavior. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough one because um, I don't know if I've ever when I I mean I have listened to uh, secular music and um, I usually default to the censored version. Um, so I you know I don't know what the original necessarily is, but oftentimes when you have a censored version. <laughs> you know it's censored because sometimes it has either a, a, a weird pause or something done differently. And, and so, but anyway, 
What about this one? Uh, pretend, and we had talked about this one, pretend a respected figure in your life, like a relative teacher, a religious leader, or someone is sitting next to you at all times. Uh, would you want to curse if your grandmother could hear you? And so that was a good one. I always use Jesus, but... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, yeah, that takes it to another level. But, yes, yeah. yes. And how about this one? Every time you substitute a different word for a curse word, put a popcorn kernel in a jar, and when the jar is full, make a popcorn party for yourself. So this is, <laughs> this is a positive reinforcement one. Sure. And this last one is when you get angry and you want to curse, think of a word that reminds you of a funny time that will make you laugh and calm down uh, and to avoid saying a bad word. And this one is kind of comes back to the think before you talk. Right. And this is a maybe a, I don't know, a, maybe a good way to train yourself to do that. Even not only talk, but think before you do. And uh, I've found and I've talked to different guys uh, you know, over the years that if I'm thinking of doing something, if I can take 15 seconds and just think through what the consequences are, what, uh, whom I'm affecting by this, how does it reflect on my Christian walk? If I can take that brief amount of time, I'm less likely to do the things that I shouldn't do and more likely to do the things that I should. That's a good word. So if filthy language is sinful, what does that say about our God? Well, my first thought is how much God cares for us. He wants the best for us. And I even thought about this on the way down. My father, who was a human, didn't, uh, didn't all, I didn't always agree with what he said, but I never doubted that he wanted what was best for me. And I look at my own children, and I hope that they also realize that we don't always agree, but I always want what's best for them. And we are human and we're fallible, how much more does God want what's best for us? And his, his words are there to help us to make our lives uh, more joyful and peaceful and not to hurt us. Mm -hmm. And so if we're willing to follow that advice, we'll find a life that's much more satisfying than anything we could have if we go our own way. Good. I, I like that too. I think it also says, uh, just to expound a little bit on what you already said, that he cares about our heart because our heart is a reflection of who we are. When we allow ourselves to allow some of that darkness in, to allow um, our heart to be tarnished, it will affect us. It will affect not only what we say, but what we do, how we think. And so if God cares about our heart enough to help us to understand that what we say helps to determine and helps to mold who we are, then that says a lot to me. But it also says to me that he cares about how we treat others. A loving reflection of him does not include language that does not reflect him. So I think that it not only shows that he cares about our heart, but that he cares about how we treat others. Agreed. So what are the takeaways that will help us to become more hardcore in our faith from this episode today? Well, as Christians, we're called to represent our leader in a way that draws others to Christ, not pushes them away, or reflects badly on him. We may be the only Bible that some people ever read and the only reflection of Jesus that some people ever see. <laughs> I also think that using filthy language is not how we would want to reflect Jesus. In Matthew, Jesus tells us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And in Ephesians, we're reminded that there, that there must not be even a hint of any kind of impurity among us because these are improper for God's people. So we should aspire to avoid failing in this area. And I'll close it out on this, this last verse that I have from Psalm 141.3, which says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. 
keep watch over the door of my lips. Amen. Well, I want to thank those of you who are listening uh, for spending time with us as we explored the question, is using filthy language sinful? I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to join us next time as we explore another challenging topic from a Christian worldview. But until then, I encourage you to make every effort to keep your walk hardcore. See you soon. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, or if you have an episode topic that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-C-M-V at Hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hardcore Christianity is produced by KTF Productions. Thanks for listening and God bless.